what we're trying to do is shift away from this really narrow definition of what doing good in business means to say that it's not just about pursuing profits to the benefit of shareholders, but it actually can mean doing good for your employees or doing good for the community and trying to find um, ways to balance that because in practice, a lot of businesses still do operate on this shareholder first model. I'm constantly asked, what is a social enterprise? And you could ask 10 people and get 10 different examples. But for me, it's all about purpose and impact. And so that's something that we've been really changing that conversation around, that we're talking about purpose entrepreneurship rather than social entrepreneurship, because it's all about the purpose and the impact that that entrepreneur chooses. Maybe the crisis we are in right now is a wake-up call for many of us. A wake-up call for businesses to recalibrate the way we live and work, to consider our impact on our world, and to adjust our action as we are rebuilding our world. Perhaps it's time to rebuild a world where businesses consider their impact, not only the financial impact for the shareholder benefits, but the impact on all stakeholders, which are their employees, suppliers, customers, community, and environment while running a profitable business. When I learned about B Corporation back in 2018, My first reaction was disbelief. I thought business as a force for good. Really, that sounds too good to be true. Is it possible to continue growing and making profits year after year while truly caring about their employees' well-being, suppliers, customers, communities, and the environment? Is it possible to have a strong purpose and run for-profit business? Because I'm so curious, I started researching and reading more about the B Corporation communities. I want to know that this balance of impact, purpose, and profit can exist in businesses. For this reason, I am creating and sharing with you this podcast series, the B Corp series, so we all can learn more and be inspired to build businesses as a force for good. In the first episode of this podcast series, we are joined by B-Lab Canada, the nonprofit organization that created and continues to award the B Corporation certification to companies. Then over the next few weeks, you will join me in conversation with businesses who are successful to achieve the B Corporation certification to share their journey of becoming a B Corp company and building businesses as a force for good. As a bonus, I also ask an aspiring B Corporation to join me in this podcast series so we can hear about their journey in getting the certification. In today's episode, the first episode of the B Corp podcast series, I'm joined by Carla Haim and Kasha Huck. Carla is the Senior Advisor, Social Entrepreneurship at the Business Development Bank of Canada, or BDC, which is a B Corp certified company. And Kasha was the country manager of B-Lab Canada at the time of recording this episode. They will share about the growing movement of B Corporation, the benefits of being of the B Corporation community, why this certification matters, what is the process to become a B Corporation, the challenges in getting the certification, how businesses can make a positive impact, help and support all of the stakeholders. 
You're listening to Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for mission-driven women entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Christina Shahli. If you are new here, a big warm welcome. If we are not connected on LinkedIn, please reach out and say hi because that's where I hang out and share my business finance tips. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while and you are a regular listener, I want you to know I appreciate you. My podcast won't be around without your support. This is a free weekly show where my guests and I want to inspire you to balance between mission and profit, to create an impact in this world, and to achieve financial equality through your business. The old mindset that says a purpose-driven business or an impact-driven business won't be as successful or won't make as much profit, that's far from the truth. Remember, a purpose-driven business or an impact-driven business isn't the same as a not-for-profit organization. They are for-profit businesses. And studies have shown that impact-driven businesses are stronger, more resilient, and in many ways, more profitable than businesses for which impact isn't a priority. But profitability doesn't come just by focusing on your social impact mission just by focusing on your purpose, then ignoring the financial health of your business. It won't work. Running a business, any kind of business, impact-driven or not, is similar to playing Monopoly. When you run out of cash, it makes it nearly impossible to continue operating your company and achieving your purpose. What if you have a partner in this Monopoly game, a partner who is so good in this game, who can give you a warning if you are about to pay too much or spend money on the wrong set of properties, with whom you can discuss your strategy before you run out of cash. That's what a CFO role is for your business, a trusted advisor who can guide you during this uncertain period, who can help you identify possible cash leaks before it's too late who can tell you if you will be running out of cash in three to six months and then give you the possible solution without compromising your value. If currently your business is growing, you are making money, but at the same time you feel there are lots of money flying out of the door, but you don't know for sure, and you think your finances can be better, then we should connect. Book a time with me at christinashahli.com forward slash Let's chat. Now, let's find out Carla and Kasha CEO journey. Carla and Kasha, welcome to her CEO journey. So we are on our B Corp series and you guys are from B Lab. I, but before B Lab, before you guys start working on this amazing movement, can you share your journey to get where you are today? So I have been in business for over 30 years and almost everything I have done has had some purpose behind it between the businesses that I've owned or the work that I've done. And when I joined BDC 14 years ago, I was instantly part of the Corporate Social Responsibility Council. And our work there really grew into what we do today, which is purpose entrepreneurship. And we really started looking at at that around eight years ago when we started seeing this trend in business to do business as a force for good, which was obviously very aligned with what B Lab was doing with the B Corp certification. So we certified as a B Corp 
six years ago, which really created this amazing opportunity to share the B Impact Assessment and what B Corp is all about with all of Canada. And so that was my journey to this point, And I absolutely adore what I do today. Mm. Okay, Kasha. So I started in the nonprofit space working in international development. I had studied international relations throughout my undergrad and graduate degrees and landed in the international development world, working specifically on democracy, human rights, migration rights, and really wanted to play a role in how we grow communities and we secure communities and we create well-being across different communities. And as I was working internationally, I was kind of pulled back home and I felt we had a a lot of the same issues happening overseas that we had at home and we hadn't really started to work on them. And so I came to Toronto and I started working with a for-profit that was a B Corp. We were a strategic agency and we worked primarily with other B Corps, nonprofits, or for-profit businesses that had this alignment to trying to scale the good that they do through business. And for me, the idea of it really married different sectors coming together from government, from charities, from for-profits. And we can't have one sector just not participating in the conversations. The idea that businesses would play a fundamental role in shifting the social, the environmental issues that we're seeing globally was really necessary. And I didn't really have a clear sense of how to get there. And so that, you know, switching from international development to a B Corp was that first step. And then was really happy after a few years to land with B Lab, which is the nonprofit behind B Corp certification and play a role sort of more systemically in bringing together these all types of businesses that are doing this work. Let's explore this for my audience who does not know what is B Corp. And what is B Corp movement all about? Can you explain that? Definitely. Happy to take this one. So B Corp certification is a process that for-profit companies go through. And what it does is take a look at all the different impact areas of a business. So, you know, we typically have certifications that will look at a single product, like whether a coffee is Fairtrade certified or whether an apple is organic or not. But what B Corp certification does is rather than looking at a single product, we look at how the entire business is run. So everything from how the business is governed to how your workers are treated, how you engage with your community, your environmental footprint, and so on. And so it's meant to give this holistic view of how a company does good and give this consistent way of understanding what's behind the hood of a company or what's under the hood of a company across different industries and sectors. So you could compare a bank like Business Development Bank of Canada, BDC, to a restaurant, to an engineering firm, and understand in a way that's consistent across how those companies are doing on their impact work, because each company gets this score point. Out of 200 points, they have to score at least 80 points on an assessment. The other really interesting part about it is there's a legal component attached to it. So all B Corps globally have to have gone through uh, a legal change that legally binds them to consider a broader group of stakeholders, so you know, workers, the community, the environment, when they're making business decisions. Essentially, it's giving businesses a way to walk the talk and not just use impact as a way to market the business, but actually to live into that. I want to understand what would be the benefits of being a B Corp certified? And then second, what exactly would be the process? 
So in terms of benefits, it really varies with each company because it really, you know, differs from some companies want to use it as a way to market their product so that they can differentiate from other companies that are just doing the marketing effort from themselves that are actually putting some kind of heft towards these commitments. So for some companies, it's the stamp of approval from a third party that's verified that's very well respected. So consumers, investors, clients can know that that's what a company stands for. So some companies will use it in their marketing, communications, things like that. For other companies, it is a way to attract the outside community. So it's a way to attract employees who are looking for decent companies to work for because the B Corp certification shows that a company is really thinking about its workers and putting them first. It's also a way to attract investors, either aligned investors that are looking to provide impact investment in a specific type of company because they're looking to have that impact outcome, or more traditional investors who are just seeing that this is kind of a due diligence process that companies go through and it allows them to see that they've asked a lot of the tough questions and gone through a process to assess how they're doing. And so, you know, it shows that these kinds of companies are working in a more resilient way. The other piece is the legal framework. So it provides protections for companies that are looking to protect themselves against shareholders or others that are holding them to this very narrow view of what a business is made for, you know, to to pursue profit. It gives them the legal bandwidth to operate in a way that puts not just profit first, but profit alongside purpose. And that legal accountability piece is really huge for a lot of businesses especially as they go through um, an acquisition or an IPO. The other piece of it, I would say, is the impact measurement. So this is really important for a company. A lot of people will say, you know, we know what we're doing in terms of the environment, or we have really great policies around how we treat our employees, but we don't know what we don't know. So if you're, you know, really strong in environment, but you want to consider how you're working um, to provide better equity, diversity, and inclusion across your company... It provides the B Corp assessment provides a really robust framework for measuring impact across the whole company. And so we know that every single company isn't going to take every single action against this impact. But what it does is create that roadmap so you can see all of the options ahead of you and choose how your company is going to engage in those actions over time. So it's kind of like a a carrot that allows companies to improve on their purpose as they grow and scale over the years. In terms of process, there's three components to it. So the first piece is the online assessment. It's an online questionnaire that has about 200 questions over five different categories. So that is governance, workers, community, environment, and customers. And across those five different areas, companies will answer questions that are customized to their business size, their geography, and the industry that they operate in. So we have, I think it's over 100 versions of the assessment now, and it's based on all of those different kinds of companies. So companies will see a questionnaire that fits them. They'll go through all of the questions, and they need to score at least 80 out of 200 possible points to be able to certify. Once they've gone through that online assessment, that itself is a free tool. But to certify, they need to sign off on an agreement. They need to verify the information that they've given in the assessment. And they need to pay an annual fee. The second component is the legal change. In Canada, for companies that are incorporated federally or in most provinces, it's a pretty simple change. But it's a change to your articles of incorporation. 
And so you would take uh, your articles of incorporation to a lawyer, you would amend the legal language to read that you will take into account a broader group of stakeholders when your directors are making decisions. And that legal language is available on our website. It's a standard template that B Corps can use. And then the third piece is accountability and transparency. So we require businesses to submit their score or to show their score on our website. If you go to bcorporation.net, you can see the directory where we list every single B Corp that's certified and you can see their score overall, as well as their score across those five category areas that I mentioned. And that transparency is super important to us because it allows B Corps to communicate how they're doing and it allows us to hold these B Corps accountable in terms of um, showing that score and showing how they're doing to the public. The assessment itself is always confidential. We're never sharing that information, but we do have a higher transparency requirement for certain cases like publicly listed companies as well as wholly owned subsidiaries. When I was searching for this on the certified B Corp Corporation, I saw all this overall B impact score. Is that score based on what they select as their purpose? I am trying to understand because are you guys based on the 17 SDG that is issued by the United Nations? Yeah, it's a great question. The impact assessment score is that score over the 200 questions that includes all of the different impact areas that we've assessed. So you can think of it like the final score when we've assessed a company. That's the score that you see. We are aligned to the UNGC's sustainable development goals. We have a partnership with the UNGC and to bring the B impact assessment in line with the SDGs. And so if you go onto the impact assessment website, you'll see a parallel um, platform that you can take to actually assess how you're doing using the B impact assessment to score on the SDGs. Carla can probably also share a lot of this because Carla has been doing some pretty deep work in this. So Carla, I'll hand it to you. So the B-Impact Assessment is an excellent planning and strategy tool. As you go through it, there's different sections, including governance, employees, community, and the environment. There's operational questions on what do you do in your day-to-day business, but there's also impact business model questions. So there are several impact business models that have been identified within the assessment, An example of this would be Tom Shoes, who is a B Corp certified company. They would have an in-kind donation aspect to their, their business because for every pair of shoes you buy, they donate a pair of shoes. So that would be their impact business model. So it varies depending on the industry. So there's a balance between operational and your impact. But overall, your score is combined based on your size, your industry, and where you're located. So it's a very detailed, robust assessment. And once you get into it, there is so much to learn about who you are as a business. So you're able to communicate that far better to your employees and to your customers once you've actually gone through it. Beyond giving a donation to a cause, what else can a B Corp certified business do? A B Corp really is all about, it's a third-party verification on your purpose and your impact of your business. So if you think about the, the B Corp certification, similar to, say, your financial statements, your financial statements are going to reveal 
basically everything there is to do with money. So your ratios, your, you know, your income statement, your balance sheet, and that keeps you on track for your industry because you can even run ratios uh, with reflective there. But what do we use right now to actually measure everything that matters to you as an organization? So how you're set up in your governance, your relationship with your employees and your community, what does your supply chain look like? That's where B Corp comes into play. So instead of just looking at the quality of, say, your products, you're looking at the quality of your overall business. So you have to kind of shift your mind. So the entrepreneurs that are involved in this movement are very purpose-driven and impact-driven. So they're not fighting between, you know, purpose and profit. There's no, there's no tension between those two things for these entrepreneurs. This is the way they do business. And there's an old mindset that would say that you're not going to be a success, as successful or make as much money if you're a purpose or impact business. And really, that couldn't be further from the truth. It's not a balance. Rather, it's embedded into absolutely everything that you do in your organization. So in a sense, if a company has taken the time to really look at all aspects of their business, they're going to be more successful. And we're seeing lots of stats around that. A really good uh, example of that would be uh, Patagonia. So Patagonia has uh, basically tripled their profits since 2008, and they have 14% growth year over year. And they're probably the flagship in terms of a company that's really leading with their purpose and impact. It has not hampered their growth at all or their profits. It's allowed them to do so much more in everything that they care about. Another great example of some of the trends that we're seeing globally in this type of business is uh, Unilever, for example, has 28 sustainable living brands out of their 400 brands. Those sustainable living brands are outperforming their other brands by 69%. That was the most recent announcement uh, this year. They actually are responsible for 75% of Unilever's growth. Why? Because employees and customers are looking for that trust and transparency. They're looking for the quality of the business. So if you can actually present yourself in a very clear and transparent way, and really ensure that you're looking at all aspects of your business in this way. And this goes back to the conversation about really focusing on all stakeholders within your business. You're going to be more successful. The B Corp assessment and the B Impact assessment really helps you do this, identify this, track this year over year. And you do need to recertify every three years. So it keeps you on track. It's, it remains challenging. So these are the types of, of entrepreneurs that Cash and I are dealing with every day. They're not, they're not trying to add it in as an add-on. This is who they are as a business. And what we're seeing is there are way more businesses that are thinking this way nowadays. So this isn't a difficult conversation for most entrepreneurs. It's actually who they are as an organization. They're thinking broader than just shareholder return. Do you think this is limited to a certain type of business to become a B Corp certified or any type of business can do this? Any type of business can do this. <laughs> it really is not limited 
your impacts and things you're going to be focusing on might vary depending on, on your industry or the type of business that you are, but any business can do this. And the, one of the things that I'm always talking about as I speak to entrepreneurs across Canada is that you too can be B Corpish. Certification is very hard. It's very rigorous. But anybody in Canada has access to the B Impact Assessment on the bcorporation.net website. So any entrepreneur in Canada can use that incredible tool for planning strategy. There's no requirement to certify, but you can start on this path and start exploring uh, different ways that you can improve your business in the ways that make most, the most sense for you as an organization. And a really good example of this, we've talked a lot about employees, but if you're having a hard time attracting, retaining, motivating your employees, I would log on to the B Impact Assessment and take the employee section only and take a look at that and see where your see where your gaps are and start improving some of those things. And you will see an immediate return on investment because you've actually started looking at how are you treating your employees and how are you motivating them. There might be some real gaps that you can improve on. So there's a benefit and a return on investment in many aspects of the assessment. I, I very much believe in purpose and impact. That's who I am as a person. But I also understand the tension for a business to actually be viable and sustainable. And if you're going to make time for something, it better have a return on investment. That's, that's just common sense. And so I, I honestly believe that the B Impact Assessment is one of those tools that will help you actually fine-tune your business in a way that is so beneficial. A lot of the folks that go through our programming find that, um, and we have a lot of different entry points, so we might be just doing a B Corp 101 or a talk or more of a deep dive into the B Impact Assessment. One of the benefits is that at the end of it, they can really explain who they are as an organization, not only the widget that they build, but the actual meat behind who they are as an organization. And if you combine an awesome product with your impact, that's a recipe for instant success. So that's, that's really the meat behind what we're talking about today. So anybody in Canada can be B Corpish. Carla, you mentioned earlier that the certification is hard. What you guys have seen so far in terms of the struggles for companies that are trying to get certification? Yeah, it's a great question. It really does vary on how organized the company is, how old the company is, the size of the company. But if we're talking about small business, quite often they don't have their policy and procedures actually documented. So they might give their employees, you know, days off here and there, but nothing's in writing and nothing's official. So as they go through the assessment and they're asking, they're answering the questions, what they find is they actually maybe are doing these things, but they're going to have to document them and come up with a policy. So sometimes that policy making can take some time, but that's probably one of the easiest fixes to make is to implement a policy that is aligned with uh, something that you're already doing. The next thing that is difficult is measuring. So you have to decide what things you want to measure within your business. Like what will your KPIs be? And then once you implement a policy to start measuring these things and you actually have the data in place, then you have to start improving on that data. So those types of changes will take you longer. So some companies are so organized when they go through the B Impact Assessment that they can complete all of the questions and submit like within three months. 
They're very organized. Everything's there. Other companies have to do some work on documenting and other companies have to do some work that maybe will take two or three years. So lots of folks will take two or three years to certify. And again, one thing I do want to really stress is this is not a destination. It's a journey. So many companies will achieve certification and a lot of companies achieve certification right at that 80 mark. And then what they'll start doing is year over year, start making improvements on certain areas that they really want to quantify. So that can take more time. And then when they recertify in three years, what they're hoping is they're improving their score. So we see this trend often in B Corp certified companies. So it really depends on how organized you are as an entity. And the more organized you are, the better. You're a little bit ahead of the game. So that, that's what can be create the difficulty of going through it. Because if you're just an individual that logs into the assessment, it can be like, oh, I don't do this. Oh, I don't do that. Oh, I don't do this. And it can feel a little bit scary, but it's really not meant to be that way. It's really rewarding the positive things that you've done within your business. So as I mentioned, it just might take you a little bit more time to really organize all of that back end because you do have to show that you have a policy or procedure on something that you said you're actually doing. So there is that verification piece. So let's say that I want to become a B Corp certified. I'm a service provider. So the first thing that people do, they go to the free assessment. If they don't score 80, what can they do next? Sure. I can sort of explain to you kind of what we have in place in Canada. We're pretty fortunate. So we've got lots of different ways to engage. So what I usually do is I do B Corp 101s across the country, which help folks understand what the B Corp movement is all about and how to, to actually use the B Impact Assessment. The next thing that you can do is complete the entire assessment. Do your best guess. Go through. And, you know, you might end up with, say, a score of 40 to 50. That's a great place to start. Then what I would do is sort your questions that you want to improve on. So things that are going to have an immediate benefit to your business, I would start improving on those things first. And then sort of make a list of what's easy to hard and also things that might take more than just a couple of months. They might take a couple of years. And I would start to prioritize within your organization, you know, always balancing it with what is most important currently within your organization. And then once you do that, you kind of have an idea of where you need to improve. And you'll also have an idea of what you can do internally and what maybe you need extra help for. We also have programs that actually spend about six days going through the actual assessment with you and building out your impact business models answering all the questions, giving you examples of policies and procedures, etc. That program is called Getting to 80, and we run that several times throughout the year. There is a charge for that, but it's quite nominal, and uh, it's been very successful in helping folks get certified. The final aspect would be that, you know, some organizations need that one-on-one -on -one consultation. And of course, we have a number of companies that do assist organizations in achieving B Corp certification, we do highly recommend that they work in conjunction with your senior management staff and your employees because this is really meant to be a process that everyone can be proud of. I can guarantee that once you do achieve certification, your entire company feels so proud about the certification because everybody contributed to its success. 
So there's many ways to engage and help you on this journey if it's something that you as an entrepreneur is actually committed to. And you can reach out to Cash or I and we can definitely get you started. Can a solopreneur join a B Corp movement or do they need to have a certain size of employee? It's meant for for for-profit businesses. Obviously, anyone can log in online and take the assessment, even if they're a nonprofit. But the idea is that it's a for-profit business and that you've been in business for at least a year. Because as I said, we do verify the information in the assessment. So you need to be able to show, as Carla was mentioning, a lot of companies may not have things down on paper in terms of policies, but we do need to see a lot of these things on paper so that we can verify your impact. So we have a program for companies that have been in operation for less than a year called Pending B Corp. And that is a way for companies that are still in that kind of startup space to show to the you know, employees that they're trying to engage or the investors that they're trying to attract that they are aligned to becoming a B Corp eventually, but it's a bit of a lighter lift. So they go through the assessment, they don't get verified, they do need to make the legal change. But otherwise, we're open for any company globally. So any business size, any geography, any industry, to a degree, there are some controversial industries that we currently have stances on that you can find on our website. And there are also some industries that might require a bit of additional review when we're working with them. But for most companies generally, even a sole proprietor can go through the process. Even a small company, even if you have zero employees, if you're just building out, You can either access the pending B program if you've been in business for less than a year, or you can just wait if you want to do that and certify once you've had a year of operations underfoot. I guess the pending B Corp can set a company with the right foundation. So when they are truly ready to become a B Corp certified, then they already know, oh, okay, I have to document all this policy. And then they already put in the thought process on what do they exactly the social impact that they want to achieve through their business? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you're starting up a business, there is so much to be thinking about, you know, and it's, as Carla said, it's helpful to take this in across the company and not add it as a, you know, nice to have after the fact. So for startups, being able to see all of the available options, they go through the assessment, they answer the questions kind of aspirationally, I guess, of how they are planning and running the business or how they're running the business, but they're not scored on that. It's just to give them a sense of all of the different types of um, impact areas they can work on. But it gives them that roadmap as they're building out the business to know what types of resources or documentation they should start to think about. And it also connects them to resources that templates and things like that, that they can use. And so Carla mentioned some really great tools for companies that are going through the assessment and that are trying to increase their score. We also have an online knowledge base as well as a resource library on our website. And that's a great place for companies that are still building to find tools that they can use right away or learn from and, you know, adapt for the needs of their own business. So let's talk about the cost to be certified. Is there a range of costs that you guys can share and as well with the cost for uh, recertification? All of the information can be found on bcorporation.net is completely transparent. There is no cost to submitting your application right now. So there is no cost until you actually become a B Corp certified business. And that cost is based on your revenues and it's an annual certification fee. 
So with that said, there's no cost for recertification either. It's just your annual certification fee, which is based on your revenues. Carla, you mentioned about KPI, and that is key performance indicator for my audience who doesn't know what that stands for. Can you give an example of a KPI that is not a financial KPI? Yeah, absolutely. A good example would be if you had a supplier diversity program within your organization. That is something that you can keep track on because as an organization, for instance, you want to be very equitable in the contracts that you're choosing. So you can start implementing a supplier diversity programming and embed in other metrics to your RFPs, start monitoring that. And in the end, what you'll have is you'll have an idea of how many underserved organizations that you're actually engaging. So, you know, in the beginning, when you've got absolutely nothing out there, you're not actually influencing your suppliers at all. You don't have diversity in your supply chain, and you're not even keeping track of that. If you implement those three things, you will actually have a stronger, more diverse supply chain, and you'll be able to report back on how you're impacting your community. When we've gone through COVID, it's been really, really apparent that buying local and supporting our local communities during this extremely difficult time has been so important. And part of having a really strong procurement process is to have all of those things embedded into your procurement process. So that can be an instant return on investment for, for an organization. And it also allows you to report out on how you're actually influencing your community and your suppliers. Becoming a B Corp certified company, that is part of their purpose. And then there is really, it's how they do business. But we also talk about in order to be sustainable, you need to be profitable. You need to be cash flow positive. I always curious, like the balance between the purpose and profit. Like if you are a B Corp certified company, do you really have to make a decision over one or the other? I don't think it's a balance. It's, it's rather it's embedded in everything that you do. So sure, there's entrepreneurs out there that are leading with their heart and maybe not really thinking so much about their business case. And I think if you do that, you will run into problems because you're not actually thinking about being sustainable. You have to actually have a viable business product, number one, because, you know, the sales, the revenue, that's really what drives success. When we're talking about B Corp certification, it is one of those exercises you can adopt that will actually help you improve your business because of the, everything that you go through. But it has to be in conjunction with sales and revenue and being sustainable. So as an entrepreneur, I get asked this question a lot. When should I start the process? How much focus should I give to becoming B Corp certified when I'm a startup entrepreneur? And I always advise caution. Because there, there does have to be a balance when you're a startup entrepreneur between, you know, making sure that you become sustainable as quickly as possible. And then you can actually layer on the B Corp certification. You can use the B Impact Assessment as a guide 
But when you actually focus on certification, it should be at a point where it makes sense for your business, where you're in a position of comfort, you've got lots of sales and things are going well, and then you can actually afford to spend some time focusing on certification. There are examples where becoming a B Corp is actually a competitive advantage for you. For example, if it's a requirement in an RFP process, or, you know, for example, if you're really growing fast and you really want to have your employee section well-defined before you hire on, say, 50 employees, there is a return on investment to spend some time there and do that. But you, as an entrepreneur, you always have to balance your priorities. So you never want to lean into one area too much without thinking about the other. It's all about evenly distributing your focus on where it's most important. So I always tell entrepreneurs that go through my, my workshops and the ones that I speak to, measure what matters to you most right now. Don't do things just because it's in the assessment. Do it because there is a return on investment. That is very, very important. So focus on the business and your sales and then build out everything around it that's going to support that in the long term. Yeah, and I'll just add to that, that, you know, having the legal requirement in place, what it does is require companies to think about a broader group of stakeholders, but it doesn't hold companies to make a decision in one way or another, um, especially as Carla's mentioning, you know, if it's to the detriment of the business, it would just protect you if you want to make a business decision. Like I'll give an example. So let's say that you are looking to invest in some equipment that would make your business more sustainable over the long term. Like let's say you're looking to reduce your um, energy usage. So you're retrofitting the, the office. And purely profit terms, you would say, well, no, that's a huge expense. You know, we're not going to benefit from that this year. And in the short term view, you would say, you know, we're only going to make X amount of money in this quarter. And so if we use that money to invest in office retrofits, that's really not going to show well on our balance sheets. And what it does is legally give you the protections to actually make those investments because, you know, over the long run, those types of retrofits would actually save you money. And so it's giving you a different stakeholder to consider when you're thinking about what is in the benefit of the company. It's not requiring you to make that decision, but it's allowing you to make that decision and giving you protections in making that decision. Yeah, I guess because when you are a benefit company, even from the legal requirements, you're not only dealing with the shareholders, you're also dealing with the suppliers, you're also dealing with the, uh, the employees. So you are dealing with a wide range of stakeholders, not solely shareholders. And then I guess when you talk about legal protection, you mean that you are allowed to make that type of decision because it's not only thinking from profitability for the shareholder or the investor perspective alone. Is that what you mean, Kasha? Yeah, exactly. I think we're, what we're trying to do is shift away from this really narrow definition of what doing good in business means to say that it's not just about pursuing profits to the benefit of shareholders, but it actually can mean doing good for your employees or doing good for the community and trying to find ways to balance that because in practice, a lot of businesses still do operate on this shareholder-first model. Yeah, I hear you. And then I, I really hope that more and more companies are shifting away from the shareholders' benefit and then moving into the stakeholders' benefit, which is include 
a lot more than shareholder and investors. Yeah, I agree. I think it will just help us get to the outcomes that we want much quicker if we have businesses seeing themselves as playing this role in supporting that. What have you guys seen so far as the main challenges of running a socially responsible business? Getting it set up can can be additional work. And so that, that can be a challenge in and of itself. I think otherwise competing within the market space, like right now, there is so much greenwashing, we call it, you know, companies that are saying that they're sustainable. But really, if you look um, at what they're doing, they're maybe not changing their practices in any way. And maybe they're not as sustainable as they're saying. And with the racial justice movements that we've seen more recently, companies that are saying that they commit to racial diversity within their company, but maybe they're not taking action. And so I think that for companies that are really doing this work, it can be difficult to differentiate within the noisy marketplace of a lot of people that have you know, really big PR and marketing budgets. And so it can be difficult to differentiate themselves in the space if you're a, a social enterprise or a, a company that's thinking about business for good. I think the other piece is um, attracting the right talent. And so for a lot of companies that work in this way, it is a shift in mentality. And I think sometimes it takes that work to bring your employees along on the journey and as well as bring your customers along on the journey and help them understand why the things that you're doing are really important. For me, I see that as an incredible opportunity, you know, to, to educate people to, as Carla said earlier, like make them feel really grounded in their business and help them feel like responsible for also doing some of this great work. And I think that's been shown in our data. We see about a 20% increase of retention rates for B Corps versus traditional businesses. So employees are really engaging in this, but I think that can be a shift for, you know, uh, anyone that's coming from a more traditional type of company. Yeah, I think one of the challenges right now is just the dialogue around what a socially responsible business is. There's social enterprise, and is that for-profit? Is that non-profit? Is it a co-op? There's a lot of gray matter in between all of these. So I, I think that the better you can actually clearly define who you are as an organization, the better success you'll have with that. So, of course, B Corp certification is one of those ways. But also just to understand what your impact is. And one of the really good examples that I always use in my B Corp 101s is um, a company called Tentree. And they're a Canadian business. And what they're solely focused on is actually reforestation. That is the number one thing they want to achieve. And they just happen to also sell t-shirts. So for every t-shirt you buy, they plant 10 trees. And it's traceable and completely transparent. They have an incredible mission and they're incredibly successful because they lead with that mission as well. So they're not compromising on profit. In fact, the profit allows them to do even more. That's what we're talking about with socially responsible businesses. They're balancing their mission with their actual product or service. And that type of business is really viable. But sometimes people struggle or don't self-identify that they are socially responsible. And so I find the certification gives a lot of clarity to that. Because, yeah, like I say, I'm constantly asked, what is a social enterprise? And you could ask 10 people and get 10 different examples. But for me, it's all about purpose and impact. And so that's something that we've been really changing that conversation around that we're talking about purpose entrepreneurship rather than social entrepreneurship, because it's all about the purpose and the impact that that entrepreneur chooses. So for me, that's probably one of the challenges is just properly explaining it and who you are as an organization. 
Ladies, this has been inspiring, eye-opening. I would love to help you both to spread the word and, you know, create a bigger movement here. Where can people find you and where can people find all of the other information about certified B Corps? You can find us on online. So for B Corp, it's bcorporation.net is our website and bimpactassessment.net for the impact assessment directly. Or you can click to certification on the main B Corp page and that will take you over there. Otherwise, you can find us on social media. So on Twitter, we are B Corp Canada as well as B Corporation for the global site. I can be reached at bdc.ca under the B Corp tab. I'm also on LinkedIn under Carla Hyde. Ladies, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christina. And that's bring us to the end of another show. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for women entrepreneurs. If you want to create a proactive financial plan and process for your business so you are ready to weather the financial storm over the next few months, let's chat and see what's possible for you. Book in a time to speak with me at christinashahli.com forward slash let's chat.